This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. What's up, truth seekers? Welcome back to the FBI basement, broadcasting at you from the undisclosed location. This is the podcast where we are going to watch and review every single episode of the hit 90s television series, The X-Files. Oh, I'm sorry. You told me that that shtick was done, so I didn't have anything. Oh, we need to come up with new shtick now. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, today we're going to be reviewing Dwayne Berry. Dwayne Burr? Dwayne Dwayne Berry. Glamberry. Get, get used to hearing that name because we're going to say it over and over and over again. I am Todd, your uh, host, the uh, chairman of this uh, board of conspiracy. I'm joined, as always, by wife, dog owner, and uh, and author Shannon. Oh, hi, hi. Coming at us as well is our artist friend and uh, professional frightener, Marissa. Dwayne Barry doesn't know anybody by that name. Dwayne Barry. Dwayne, Dwayne Barry. And uh, the producer and the king of the Medicinal Mass Podcast Network, Valentine. Yo. And we're going to be uh, dissecting this episode today. But first, before <sighs> we get to that, I need to make sure you guys are aware that the FBI Basement is a Patreon-supported podcast. You can become one of our patrons and contribute to the weekly free podcast and help us improve the podcast and start new projects and do other fun stuff that you're going to want to hear. That's a lot. We give you a lot of free entertainment. So um, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash the FBI basement or find a link at the medicinal or on our Facebook page, the, F- the FBI basement. And even a donation of $1 still gets you access to our discord channel where we're building a community of basement dwellers and uh, all sorts of fun little uh, extra audio, which may include blooper reels, uh, special episodes like the season one recap upcoming soon, some upcoming projects that we've got uh, cooking, and uh, I will tell you all about my conspiracy theories. They involve cats. Cats? That's right. Now, this is the fifth episode of the second season of The X-Files called Dwayne Berry. It was written by Chris Carter and directed by Chris Carter. This is a huge dive back into the myth arc, and it's actually the first real two-parter the series has ever had. There was a great deal of uh, hoopla made about it on in terms of promotional stuff. Do not miss this week's episode of The X-Files. You will not... There was a ton of hype put around this episode, and uh, I think that it delivered. Uh, we're going to get start- started with the recap, and then we're going to find out what everybody else thinks. Anything else to, before I before I jump into this? No, no, I got nothing. All right, it's nineteen eighty five in Pulaski, Virginia. Okay, really? I don't know. That place looks like a big enough shit. That the house looked like a big enough shithole to be in the real Pulaski. That is true. It does kind of look like it might be Pulaski. <laughs> In this uh, kind of wrecked up house, a really kind of uh, impatient dog, played by David Duchovny's Blue, uh, comes around trying to mess, trying to find some. Is this the same Blue that was in Ice? Yes. Wait. Yes. Wait. No. No. Uh, that would be the father of Blue. This is actually Blue. Okay. <laughs> so it's related. <laughs> You, 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 it's doggy nepotism. You're an expert on dogs, you know that? I, mean, I, I know doggy <laughs> nepotism when I see it. Right, well, this dog is kind of frustrated because there is no food in his bowl. 
I don't think it's even that. I think he just wants to go outside. And somehow he will. He goes up beside the um, uh, bed where his master lays. His master, a very disheveled and unfortunate man looking named Dwayne Barry. Who was apparently doing the Mulder thing of falling asleep while fapping to a classic movie. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's like supposed to be a, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. I'm not entirely sure, though. What happened to all of his walls? There's like no interior walls to this entire house. Well, you see, uh, it's a rule in Virginia that you can't have any. <laughs> oh my, my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a city ordinance of Pulaski that you can't have any. <laughs> so the exterior shot shows the entire house bathed in white light. <laughs> uh, Wayne Berry seizes up in bed as the. Noise and light intensifies. The window near him uh, shows shadowy images of thin, large-headed beings. He looks up to the sky and says, Not again! Hey, Dwayne! Hey, Dwayne! Dwayne! You got any math, Dwayne? That's what they're there for. That's what those aliens are there for. (laughs) Math. Eight years later, Barry has become a patient at a mental institution. I I have a couple of things. One, did we skip over the amazing CG on that UFO? Oh, yeah, that was (laughs) impressive CG of the UFO. Oh, my God. It's I graphics brought to you by PlayStation. Oh, wow. And two, somehow, (laughs) in some way, that dog got outside. Yeah, the dog <laughs> was like indoors at one point and outdoors when the aliens are coming. It's like it doesn't growl at the aliens. It doesn't like it's just like, oh, my God, there are visitors. Hi, visit. But they were nice enough to let him outside. They were nice enough to let the dog out before they took Dwayne. Eight years later, Barry is uh, now the. He's a resident in a psychiatric hospital in Marion, which I think didn't make my head hurt too much. Because there is actually they, like, they, yeah. they pay a little fast. They play a little fast and loose with the geography in this one. This yeah, it, a little. Yeah. Uh, I will say there is a psychiatric hospital. There is a criminally insane psychiatric hospital in Marion, Virginia. I will give them that. Well, apparently he's been refusing to take his medication and uh, insisting that the aliens are coming back for him. Which is why you have to take the medication. This draws the ire of Dr. Hackle. Uh, is that what his name is? H-A-K-K-L-E, or... I have no idea. I, I just... Hacky? I, yeah, I think that's what it is. Dr. Hacky, who looks like... He looks like your student advisor at a liberal arts college. He Yes. In fact, he kind of looks exactly like my first student advisor. <laughs> uh, second, I'm sorry. The first one was Sandy Badsley. Uh, yeah, no, he does. He looks like he's about to tell me that I need three more credits uh, before I can graduate. Dwayne attacks a security guard and manages to get a hold of his gun. I have so many problems with this. So many. Wait, why are they armed inside a uh, psych ward with uh, Well, and also, weapons? why are they using, like, zip ties? Why, if was he's that, dang- why did that guard didn't, like, he, he got, he went down, like, immediately, too. Like, he hit him with that pen, he was just dead. Yeah, and here's the thing, is that if you're in a, in, I, I mean, I will give them the credit, it is the criminally insane psychiatric hospital, and there is certainly a distinction. Having worked in sort of a mental health field, here is the thing, the second he hit a guard, there would have been about six orderlies and two nurses on him, and he would have been in a five-point restraint. Like, and those are painful from but what I understand. This is the X-Files, so it's Yeah, I know. It's like the realistic. X-Files. I'm sorry. I they wanted some authenticity. Yeah. So even at that time, though, that they'd have all those uh, 
I don't know, poli- not policies, like methods in place? Uh, yeah, five-point restraints is certainly something that's always been there. Now, of course, uh, he does manage to get the gun and take uh, Dr. Hackle hostage and makes an <laughs> escape. He doesn't even point the gun at him. He's, like, got it out in front of his face. Dwayne is reasoning that if he takes Dr. Hackle to the place where he was abducted originally, that the aliens will take Dr. Hackle, Hackle, Hackle instead of him. He'll be done with all of this alien business. Of course. So we um, we completely skipped over the theme. Oh, we did. Right. So we should back this bitch up. All right. Well, sing the song, folks. No, no. Second first. Theme is the first. No. That's the next episode, right? Like the. Oh man. Um. Problem is, he can't remember where the abduction site was originally located. Oh, that's right. This is this is where we start getting kind of ridiculous on the time and distance and. Uh, he makes it all the way to Richmond, where he to a travel agency now. Uh, before the days of like Expedia.com and you see, kids, like that. when it's your mother and I were younger, we would have to go to a travel agent. Now you can just go to Trivago and do the same thing. Well, let me just point out that Marion to Richmond is probably a five-hour drive. Uh four at least. Yeah, because I know how you would do. Yeah, because it would be. It would be about. Yeah, it, it's about a four to five hour drive. And I'm gonna just say this: Virginia's not great on a lot of things, but we're pretty goddamn good when somebody escapes from a like state facility of tracking them down. You know what? Even longer if this guy is if Dwayne is smart and avoiding interstate. Well, if he's avoiding 81 and he is traveling up, yeah, you know yeah, what? I'm just thinking about it in my head. It's going to be an extra three or four hours if you're going to go on 11 and avoid 81. And oh my God, I've just given people direct our, our listeners directions like I'm my dad. <laughs> I did a lot of driving, by the way, for, on 81 in my younger days because uh, Cowtech as we call it, moo. Of course, yeah. uh, heading to the travel agency to try and find the place to, wouldn't you just, don't you just go, love going into a travel agency? I'd like to book a romantic trip for two to the site where I was anally probed. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I did that pretty frequently. Of course, because there is a gun and a tied up psychologist, this becomes very quickly a hostage situation. How is there any way that that wouldn't have been a hostage situation? <laughs> like you have someone who is mentally unstable and uh, he's got a hostage. Like even without the hostage and the gun, how is that not going to be? You know, well, if you can if you can push two tickets out of the deal, you know, you might forget that you even saw a guy with a gun. You might just think it was two excited people just really wanting to get away on. You the know ride. what? I would have totally just played it off as some sort of bondage scenario too. <laughs> Me and the husband here. <laughs> yeah, you know. What's that? You want one for your kid too? That's great. And whose credit card will I be taking? Yeah, I mean. I know that that's a lot of background that we should have gotten to later, but I'm afraid we can't forestall what I, I've been trying to avoid since we started this podcast, can I? Mulder is in a pool. So Mulder's <laughs> wet in a pool. Wearing a tangerine Speedo. Unnecessary. <laughs> that is an unnecessary... Like, <laughs> I, the, the banana hammock. <laughs> <kidding me? laughs> 
<laughs> you absolutely want to leave nothing to the imagination. Right. And, and it is, it's and like. Krychek has the, Krychek has the joy of uh, coming to fetch him. I feel like pool. this is the moment that really starts Krychek's desire to murder Mulder. Mulder gets out of the pool and Krychek is cluing him in on the details. And meanwhile, he's, he's, his eyes are going everywhere, try, everywhere trying to avoid the bulge. <laughs> like, do not look at the bulge. Don't look don't at his look dick. At don't look at it. Fuck! <laughs> don't look at. Oh god, I can't look at anything. He's wearing a bright neon colored thing. Like he is wearing this, and it's like it's like reflective for night swimming, right? Yeah, and I understand. Like you know, I, I do a lot of swimming myself, and I understand that this could easily be like, well, yeah, it's uh, it cuts down on drag. And no, he's not wearing a swim cap. You fucks. No, he is doing this intentionally, and I think it's because Mulder is a sexual deviant and is trying to seduce his new partner. <laughs> and Krychik is like, okay, this is way too serious. You are trying too hard, buddy. I was reimagining this scene like it, it's happened many times before, except before Mulder liked to swim nude, and he would only put the Speedo on when he's out of the pool, and Krychik had to go fetch it for him, so he'd like... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we don't have to find my, my fanfic. Apparently, Val has already read it. Um, <laughs> Mulder and Krychek are summoned to the uh, hostage situation by Agent Lucy Kesden, who is played by CCH Pounder, who... Um, uh, who uh, she is the voice of Amanda Waller and a lot of the animated, a lot of the animated stuff. Batman stuff? You know Amanda Waller, that sassy black lady whose job is to unimpress with Batman. Uh, she is all over the place. I thought for a moment that she... I, I did get her confused because she looks very much like the chief uh, in the, the live-action game show... Uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? But I am incorrect. I thought that was her, but I am wrong. They have called Mulder down because Barry is insisting that himself as an alien abductee. And they want Mulder to assist in the hostage negotiation, even though Mulder has never actually done that. And also, he's fucking terrible at his job. He says, I've never been in a hostage negotiation. I mean, I'm always being negotiated for, you know? I don't ever see how it plays out on the other end. Well, there's that. And also, if I'm correct, and maybe I, I'm reading way too much into this, there is actually a part of the uh, BAU that actually came out of hostage negotiation. So that's like an absolute lie. He'd actually know how to do that because that is part of being in the behavioral analysis unit. The goal, <sighs> so they give Mulder. A I'm quick... sorry. I was trying to assume that the X-Files, again, had some consistency or research. My mistake. The uh, negotiations begin after a quick crash course and, you know, uh, boilerplate psychology and getting the hostage taker to trust you and all that fun stuff. Mulder is put on the phone with Barry and they begin talking and Barry uh, throws everything back in Mulder's face. Well, it's like he asks a question. It's like he goes down the list, which you can clearly see behind Mulder. And he's like, what did I forget? And it's like, well, you forgot this. And I, I kind of hoped Mulder was going to say, well, you know, it's like he asks a question of Mulder. And instead of Mulder saying, oh, well, you missed this one. He just basically hangs up and he's like, what the fuck, people? <laughs> Turns out he knows all of the FBI uh, hostage negotiation tricks because Dwayne Barry is a former FBI agent. By the way, there's also another gag here where it's like where when Mulder goes to get on the phone with him, Alex Krychek uh, offers his help in any way he possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> and then is immediately given... I think he's given a coffee a order. coffee order. You know he went and got that coffee and then like... 
peed in it or even yeah, worse put maybe my dick in there. it's like he probably i don't even think he peed in it i think he probably just force fed them come just in busted, that coffee like uh, the coffee. yeah like hey i did that you got your, but I got maybe your i'm reading too much into it maybe i am reading my own interpretation of that soy character too much latte. into it i got it. your soy milk right here yeah uh, fat, 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 fat. you have my man milk like, you know, he did something. Like, I literally think this is the episode in which Krychek wishes to kill everyone. And that would have been a very different show if Krychek just became an annihilator. Also, Mulder does contact Scully for uh, assistance in finding... For reasons, back yeah. history. Because, you know, he can't, you know, cross the street without that redhead. I miss you. I, I miss you, skeptic mommy. <laughs> I guess that's my question. If Mulder is conspiracy daddy, does that make, like, Scully a skeptic mommy? Maybe. Okay. He just wants to be told no. The power outage, a power outage occurred, uh, which freaks out Dwayne Barry and causes him to fire off his gun, hitting one of the hostages. <laughs> oh, can it's it? Just like, just like whenever the lights go out in my house, I always injure somebody with the firearm. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't have guns. You're like, oh, fuck. And then I get nailed in the head with like the PlayStation controller or something. Can I also point out, how are they still talking to each other on the phone when they both have cordless phones and there's no fucking power? <laughs> well, you see, Shannon, I, uh... Like, I know, it's like, yeah, I can it's... maybe... I, I understand that I'm being super nitpicky about geography, and this one and the next one are, like, the worst for it, for Virginia, you know, geography, and then I'm just gonna, like, scream when we get to Terms of Endearment and they show Holland's, uh, Virginia, as this beautiful scenic area, and we both know it's not. But this is kind of like, they're both on the phone, and they're both using cordless phones. You imagine uh, the Luddite that's still out there that uses a corded phone, and whenever there's a power outage, he's like, ah, you, y'all uh, technology folks over there can't make a phone call. I can. Uh, incidentally, my mother actually had a corded phone in the house, and that was her exact reason, was that when the power goes out and there is an apocalypse, we still need to order Chinese. Because they're still working. Like, they'll work till the end. Yeah. And, like, that's her literal expression is it's like we might have an emergency or I might want to order Chinese. And, the, the, like, that is verbatim what she would say to me. So. The man is shot and Mulder enters the um, uh, travel agency with a paramedic to go and take care of the guy. Uh, Dwayne Barry agrees to exchange the, uh, the, the wounded man for Mulder. And uh, Mulder has been left with instructions to get Dwayne Barry towards the window so snipers can take him out. A good sniper should be able to hit Dwayne Barry from anywhere in the room. I'm just saying. But Dwayne Barry is, of course, an FBI agent, so he knows to avoid the fucking windows. But wouldn't he also be aware that they're sending two motherfuckers in who are FBI agents? Wouldn't he also be aware that this is something that they would be doing? Wouldn't he have like recognized Mulder's voice the second he met? Met with him. Mulder begins to engage with Dwayne Barry about his experiences in abductions. Because you know what a great way to call de-escalate a uh, hostage situation is? To inflict and trigger someone into their post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, I used to do that all the time when I was working with dangerous people patients. He's pretty good at doing what he's immediately told to not do. Like, hey, Mulder, don't, don't do that. He's like, okay, all right. And then he goes and he does exactly <laughs> that. Don't do the thing. The entirety of the X-Files is Mulder, don't go do the thing. Mulder, uh, Dwayne actually seems uh, rather pleased to have someone who will actually listen to him about this. And he tells them a little bit about the, 
the tests about the implants that were placed in his sinuses and around his navel. That wicked scar he's got down there, too. Yeah, there's a gnarly navel scar. Like, that's... But he gets very, very angry when recalling the holes that were drilled in his teeth. His fucking teeth. And he still had to pay to get his wisdom teeth out. Those fucking bastards. <laughs> oh my god. He couldn't do some... They actually show, at some point, a clip of, of him on the ship experiencing this. Yeah, and... with the laser drill, and it was... Oh, it was awful to watch. Oh, and he's acting like acting like such great acting. This is, okay, uh, so does this mean I get to talk about Steve Railsback? Steve Railsback, go ahead and talk about it. Okay, so this. Steve Railsback, uh, this is actually... A interesting moment as well uh, with the X-Files, because this is the first time they wrote a part specifically for an actor. And uh, someone had watched, uh, I who wrote this episode? Chris Carter. Yeah, so Chris Carter watched uh, Helter Skelter. The 1970s TV series. Uh, the miniseries based on uh, the book. And Railsback plays Charles Manson in that one and is so fantastic that when he was writing the character of Dwayne Barry, he specifically wanted Railsback to play him. Railsback will also, uh, in 2000, be, I think, Ed Gein in a really good, well-done movie on that subject. You don't think oh, no, yeah, that's why I recognize him. Yeah, he was Ed Gein. Yeah. You don't think he's being, you know, he's been pigeonholed into the uh, psychopathic uh, character. <laughs> yes, I do. And uh, I that's he's also in an episode of Supernatural where I'm like, and he's not like he's the red herring in that episode. Well, if you do something well, you may as well. But it's like, yeah. And so well. uh, and so one of but the thing is, he's just a pretty phenomenal little bit of an actor i think he's a little underrated myself and so that laser there's two notes about this one based on real accounts apparently of uh, abductees will talk about small holes being put in their teeth and it, it, nobody knows how because you can't drill that small without breaking the tooth coca-cola uh, yeah pretty much well the effect that they use is they basically use like a small little water jet that they, they use a, a water jet which is why it looks like it's shaking so much and why his lips quiver too. So <laughs> and like, there's like, they shoot a light down in that. And basically the direction they told Steve Railsback as he's got his mouth wired open like that is scream as hard as you possibly can. Yeah, That's he's managing to do that with like, no doubt with water gushing down his throat. So, you know, essentially he's getting waterboarded at this point. So it's an <laughs> impressive bit of a... That's some great acting right there. there. Uh, um, and, and the reason we should mention this is that Steve Railsback Back also has a tendency to really get into character, which is why when you get to the line after this scene, it's actually been done with ADR. Because uh, I think he just got so lost in it that he screams at Dr. Hackney. I think the line is, uh, they put holes in my damn teeth. Not what was recorded. I believe the actual line recorded, and if you look at the, the lips... They don't match is that he's screaming. They drilled holes in my fucking teeth. Aww. But this is on prime time. So you yeah. can't say the F bomb. When he started telling that story, all I could think was that these were space dentists trying to finish out their degree and they had to abduct as many <laughs> humans as possible. And, like, and there was like a, a space dentist teacher that was aboard with them, like looking over them like, oh, yep. Good job right there. Oh, nice job on the implant. I can even Very good, it. Ignock. Yeah. <laughs> Ignock. Well, Scully, uh, Scully, however, has some 
disturbing news about Mr. Barry. He may not be what he seems or may not be what Mulder wants him to be. Turns out that Dwayne Barry was shot in the head during his, uh, which ended his FBI career and uh, suffered a damage to the frontal cortex in 1982. And the injury has made Barry a psychopathic pathological liar, much like my father. Well, no, and actually there is the, there's also that line there too, that which is, it's like being a multiple abductee is like living with a gun to your head, which is, by the way, a direct quote of a multiple abductee to Chris Carter. And then Mulder also tries to, you know, say, what was it, uh... Do you know what it's like to have, to have the feeling of your brain sucked out through your nose while you're awake? And Mulder is like, yeah, I do, actually. Like, that sentence, like, I understand what you're saying, but it wouldn't, you wouldn't feel that because your brain wouldn't be in your head anymore. Yeah, because then, you, <laughs> because your brain regulates all of that shit. Yeah, it, this is where they mention the uh, bilateral piercing, right? Right. This was, uh, the, the character of Dwayne Berry was inspired by the real life story of Phineas Gage, who was a rail worker who uh, had a um, uh, basically a big metal rod go right through his freaking head. Uh, it was a tamping rod, and he was tamping down a blasting powder, and it blew up, rocketed out, and shot it through. Shot like, it right through his, uh, his his brain. He actually managed to survive it, but he his apparently his personality changed completely because of the brain damage. He became more violent, more impulsive. More of a pathological liar. I just like how angry, how very hangry Scully is. And that scene where she is just yelling at everybody. Oh, when she finds out that Mulder has gone in to the travel agency in, 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 in exchange for a hostage, she gets pissed off. <laughs> oh, skeptic mommy. Yeah, skeptic mommy gets pissed. But he do Mulder does manage to get two more hostages released. But even though he's acting against Agent Kasdan's orders here. And then yeah. as that one chick was going out, she has Stockholm Syndrome. She's like, I believe you. And then the other one was like, get, come, and tries to grab her and pull her. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> you didn't tell them the best part. It's not the best part. She thinks she has Stockholm Syndrome now. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That's Yeah. And, uh... But then, of course, Mulder, who's getting information fed in through an earpiece, right? Yeah. Scully gets on and tells Mulder about the brain damage. And uh, Mulder has to ask if if uh, Dwayne Barry is lying. And that sets Dwayne Barry... Do you think, a you think Dane, Dwayne Barry is lying? Yeah, it's... Well, let me tell you something, Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Barry is now a liar, and when Dwayne Barry gets you into the steel cage, Dwayne yeah, Barry Dwayne is going Barry to drop cut the Dwayne Barry elbow <laughs> <laughs> on top of your candy ass if you smell what Dwayne Barry is cooking. Uh, <laughs> he does kind of cut a promo on Mulder. Like, it is really frightening. It's an interesting thing. He's not really consistent with the third-person speech there, and I was trying to figure out and I think that um, uh, it was explained that this kind that this kind of third person speech uh, suggests there's kind of like a dissociation going on. There is, and there is some, and we talked about it a little bit, you and I. And it, there is some TBI, uh, which is traumatic brain injury, which is pretty much what's going on here. And I could be wrong, and I'm sure if I'm wrong, someone will correct me. But there is kind of a dissociation that can be easily done. That is a part of a traumatic brain injury. It's not consistent. But it is it is a feasible part of 
uh, traumatic brain injury, yes. Unfortunately, in this state, Mulder has to convince uh, Dwayne Barry to approach the front door where the snipers get in a clean shot. He yeah, and somehow unlocked. he's not dead. Unlock, lock the door, Dwayne. Just lock, just lock the door, Dwayne. Just, just go lock the door. Just lock the door, Dwayne. Just, you, you left it unlocked. Go lock it. Okay. <laughs> Dwayne Barry forgot to lock the door. Dwayne Barry, sorry about that. Yeah, it's a clean, clear shot. Why did they just like they didn't, you know, go for a headshot? Yeah, just kill that motherfucker. Because you're not trained to. Because if you're a sniper, you're not trained. You you're not trained to shoot to wound. Center mass is what you're always aiming for. But still, how is he not dead? Well, he's not dead. He is recovering in a hospital bed while Mulder, when Mulder visits him the next day. And uh, Kazan approaches Mulder, revealing that metal implants were found in Barry's body during the surgery and that tiny holes were found in his teeth. Too small for any actual dental drill to have made. Yeah, well, she's dead now, so... And the shrapnel was exactly where he said it would be, like in those wounds inside of his stomach. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> Mulder gives one of the implants to Scully, who has it reviewed re- reviewed by a ballistics expert. Then they find uh, strange markings on it that look like a barcode. It looks so much like a barcode. Scully decides while he's bagged up to run it over the scanner in the grocery store. Trying to get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> that was her discount card. It's like, I'd like to speak to your manager. I have no idea why that broke. That's the, I didn't do that. I why are you? like so much. You I don't think she realized how much poor problems she caused for that cashier. That poor girl probably got fired. I hope she's happy with herself. She was, she was so nicely dressed. Did you see that she like had very nice? Like they didn't have a uniform. She was actually wearing like what someone would go out in the town with back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, it's but it was the nineties. So I mean, yeah, I don't know what that. giant she is at that she could dress that well. And by the way, giant is a DC area chain. Just so we're all clear. I actually tried to do this before with the barcode. Uh, with yeah, I, me and my I dad, we, we looked up what the code was for barcodes. And uh, we spelled out, I think it was like Armageddon or something, and printed it out. Then I went uh, to the gas station. We tried to scan it. But I think that shit definitely needs to be read into the system because it just didn't. It does. It, there's a... Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like 2001. It's not going to break the system like it did It's here. not like... Well, it's like those systems will really only work... Uh, if it's an actual universal um, uh, serial code. Yeah. UPC. Ooh, universal. Yeah. Maybe it was. Well, uh, it does display a serial code, and Scully, of course, calls Mulder on It uh, displays on the, the same code that shows up when they scan Maggie in The Simpsons. <laughs> I was going to say that too, NRA forever. <laughs> <laughs> the proof of the gun uh, noise. Before, but we did mention that um, uh, at this point, uh, Dwayne Barry has awoken from his hospital bed, once again seeing the bright light and the gray aliens, and then escaping from the... Hey, Dwayne, Dwayne, it's time to get up. We need you to pay for the meth. Come on, buddy. Let's uh, go kill Scully. Yeah, that's... The cop guarding his room is on the phone, so he uh, bashes that poor guy in. Yeah, he kills a motherfucker to leave, right? Bashes a guy in the head with a fire extinguisher and leaves. Meanwhile, when Scully is calling Mulder to tell her about the the grocery store incident, the message is suddenly interrupted when Dwayne Barry... uh, Quietly and sadly looks out into her window like he is, you know, the poor beggar who has been left out in the cold in some Dickensian nightmare book. And then he breaks into (laughs) her home and kidnaps her. And she screams and calls out for Mulder's help on the, uh, on the answering machine. 
to be continued. <sighs> is this the first to be continued? Yes, it is yes. the first to be continued. I, I like when uh, Mulder was really getting them to go crazy and they were they're trying to like, hey, bring, bring it back, Mulder. He's going to set them off. And he's t- talking about uh, what happens when they come and he shows the aliens and the aliens are out there and it's like fucking strobe lighting. I thought I was going to have a seizure. Yeah, like I, I actually had to. We had to pause it because it, it was triggering a, a migraine for me. Oh yeah. And then, and then the aliens are there, and then all of a sudden, it's guys, men in black. I'm like, oh, this is getting crazier, and crazier. I was like expecting grimace, and then Ronald McDonald to show up. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some guy in a bunny suit, like it, like Frank, Frank from Donnie Darko didn't show up. I was a little surprised. Well, the thing is, this is very, very. Uh, they drew heavily upon first accountings uh, of multiple abductees. Uh, well, they also drew very much on from Close Encounters of Third Kind, too. Fire in the Sky. Fire Is in the Sky. Else? Yeah, you pointed that out, that it was very much like Fire in the Sky, Marissa. Well, yeah. the drilling part, yeah, like where they're going in through the guy's eye when he's in the and spaceship. Has anyone else here ever experienced per, uh, sleep paralysis? I I have a, a couple of times. It was. It's it not was fun. I've, yeah. That's freaky. I, I get it quite often. Sometimes I only get, uh, I've had the fear one too. I don't know what the hell that is, but like you wake up and you just, there's there's a part of you that's got adrenaline rushing and you're just afraid for no fucking reason. I've had that happen several times, but the, the thing where you, the guy he's, in the beginning, he says, I can't breathe. And because it feels like you're being pulled into the bed and you can't move your limbs. Mm. But you also had that fear aspect in it. And it feels like there's people surrounding you because you're, you know, you got your adrenaline rushing and you're paranoid. Yeah. They really hammered home the uh, experience of the abductee in this episode. Yeah. And you have to scream almost exactly like he was in that opening scene. When I have the sleep paralysis, I have to come out of it screaming like that to break free from it it's not that, fun i usually have it so quick that i can't even remember like i just like for a second i know that it happened but it was never long enough that i like start to freak out okay i had i had it one time sitting up in a chair and i was able to my eyes were able to they were open slightly so i was able to see out of them but i couldn't move my body and i started to have a panic attack and my heart was like beating out of my chest but i couldn't breathe faster like my breathing was just slowly in and out in and out and i couldn't breathe to get enough air in it, it was crazy i had to just close my eyes and try and go back to sleep and then i was able to click out of it there was a thing on mine it's like i was getting it's like i experienced this very strange thing like once the way my eyes are i've got uh one of them doesn't close one of them the doesn't close all the way when i sleep so one time i remember uh having a dream but also somehow receiving information about what i was seeing of, from my open eye and it was so weird and i could not move or break out of it and that seemed like sleep paralysis to me i don't know if that yeah yeah because if you were if you were dreaming your your limbs are actually locked at that point so you can't move them like that's right. a defense mechanism and yeah if you're then split like that and able to see out your other eye, that's crazy it was not a pleasant situation well, uh, if it makes anyone feel better, I sleep great at night. <laughs> <laughs> I I do not have this paralysis thing. I sleep fantastically. She kicks like a mule. I do, actually. I, I have a really strong fight or flight, so he's gotten bruises. <laughs> I, I fell down some stairs. Ran into a baby. That's what happened. Um, <laughs> I've also had the one where it feels like you're strapped to a... Uh, 
a plywood board and you're like levitated above the bed and it's on a, a hinge right in the center of your balance point and it just starts spinning over and over and over doing flips oh wow yeah, yeah that that is a very other intense one and you know this is all sort of nailed home by uh Dwayne Barry by Steve Railsbeck so he is the MVP of this episode he gets points he gets a lot of points for this episode cuz he really he nailed everything and it's like he acted it, it, it he he it was hammy but not like but this really required hammy and when we find out about exactly the about the brain damage and we find out about that he still remains a very sympathetic character. Your well, sympathies are with this guy. Yeah, All your sympathies is, are with this guy. And this is kind of why he works as sort of like Ed Gein, who was truly horrible. He was a, he did some truly horrible things, but also was very sad. It's a very sad, you know, kind of human being. I just sort of like that this is clearly when Krychek is forming the plan to just murder Mulder. Strangle you, him with a bikini. <laughs> Like he is like he is literally in some of these shots like you can just sort of see it working through. It's like the ways I could kill him and how the world will be a better place. Like it is obvious that he is like patience for the man is really running down. I don't know. I used to like these episodes more and now I kind of I'm like, oh, well, you've seen them a lot. OK, yeah, I also haven't seen them in a long time. I don't know. I, re- I still think this one stands up, especially especially this one and the next one. They stand up in terms of, you know, what is being built here. Someone else say something, please. <laughs> Did we see Krychek talk to uh, Smoking Man in this one? No, that's going to be in the next one. Yeah, next one. <laughs> right, where they're on that weird conversation on phones in the same fucking building? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's a great moment. And then Kry- and then we get into Mulder's uh, reasoning, reasoning and deduction. I should also mention that this originally aired on October 4th, 1994, to a Nielsen rating of 8.9, which is uh, about 8.5 million households, according to the Nielsen rating board. This is, once again, this is where the um, uh, myth arc is going to really start to ramp up in the, uh, in the series. And uh, this was all sort of uh, came around because of Julian uh, Anderson's pregnancy. Yep. For the past few episodes, you may have noticed that Scully hasn't really done that much. She's wearing a lot of long things, too. Like, it's sort of like the weird long jacket. She's usually shot from the chest up, or not really. (laughs) Like, it's sort of, if you see her, she's kind of wearing long jackets. It's sort of like the uh, Bolana Torres jacket when that actress got very pregnant on set. All right, so uh, let's disseminate a little bit of information before we hand out our ratings for this week. Uh, first off, the Medicinal Mass Network, which will be explained to you by our good friend, Valentin. Uh, yeah, why don't you head over to MedicinalMass.com. We're setting up a store where you can buy my vinyl recordings of me masturbating. On top of that, uh, you can join our Patreon and uh, click on our little buttons for Amazon. It'll really help if you shop through them. And we have lots of audio there to listen to. You guys know the deal. And our resident artist also is taking commissions. I am. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Ricardo, under the same name, Audite Delight. Um, illustrations, graphic art, sound, a little bit of everything. Yup. <laughs> if you like the written word, you can check out Shannon Huff's series of books, The Department of the Arcane. No, no, go on. You seem to be enjoying telling people about them. 
Ah, yes. Uh, it's a series of books about uh, the government agency that regulates the use of magic and the affairs of supernatural creatures in the United States. Oh, it sounds derivative of Harry Potter. I'm sorry. No. But you can find these, find these books at schuffwrites.com. They are available on Amazon. And uh, definitely, if you like her books, drop a review on Goodreads. If you didn't like her books, then keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Go to hell. Uh... <laughs> we will find you. Also, I want to point out once again that the F- FBI basement is supported by Patreon. Uh, you can also listen to other podcasts like The Adventures of Todd and Shannon on the Medicinal Mass Network. And uh, come see us in at AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C. Easter weekend. March 30th through April 1st. Isn't that great? Ain't that great? Um, Come to see us on Zombie Day. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Let's uh, hand out ratings for this week's episode. I am going to give this one... Uh, I'm going to give this one uh, four out of five uh, pierced cent- frontal cortexes. <sighs> uh, I'm going to give this maybe uh, three uh, unexplained pieces of metal. And a 20% off coupon for Giant. I'm going to give this one three out of four incidents of waking up naked in a cornfield after a amphetamines binge. I'll give this one four out of five knocked out guards. All right. No one went with the tangerine speedos? All right. Then. We're going to ignore those. They didn't <laughs> exist. That scene was not there. God damn it, Todd. <sighs> <laughs> well, uh, this episode is in the bag, but uh, definitely uh, tune in next uh, week. <laughs> with all the cats. Oh, wait. Join us next time when uh, Mulder and Crytrek go on an amazing road trip and Dwayne Barry makes an offering to his alien overlords. <laughs> Until then, this has been the FBI Basement coming to you every Thursday, courtesy of the Medicinal Mass Network. I am Todd for... Shannon, Valentine, and Marissa, letting you guys know that the truth is out there. Good night. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> I just had to make a noise. I think he's helping me stay awake. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Give me one of those marijuana cigarettes. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Not much. Thanks for asking. (laughs) You just broke my combo breaker. Yes! You combo broke me.